This is the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show, giving you weekly sports analysis, opinions, and discussion. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Jay Raff. It's still football season. Or is it? It's now football season, I guess. You I know mean, why we know it's now it's football now season? Football season. How is how do we know it's now football season? Well, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony was last evening. Which I is know a hint. you watched it. Yeah. There were eight new players taken in, among them the late junior Seau, um, hitting closer to home because of our wives, Jerome Bettis. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned uh, Tingleoff, the Minnesota Vikings center, who played a ridiculous amount of games and started continuously for how many years? Right. Uh, I think it was 17 years, didn't miss a game or practice. And he was a linebacker in college, was an undrafted free agent. And this is back when they had tons of rounds, too. Undrafted free agent, the Vikings signed him, and he they brought him in, and they're like, we want you to play for us, but we want you to play center. Well, so he went from linebacker to center um, and had a Hall of Fame career. Um, and Fran Tarkington presented for him. and he um, Pretty good guy to yeah, do that for you. He actually did all the speaking. Um, there was They did the video montage thing, but then they um, – Tinglehoff, I think it is. Like they talk about how his name gets mixed up all the time. But he didn't actually say anything. And uh, Tarkington's up there and he goes, you know, my buddy's – man of very few words but you know i just wanted to thank his family and the hall of fame and you know all the people who helped him get here and then they basically like walked off the stage like it was it was really cool um and just the whole ceremony was really cool and uh but seeing some of those older guys and the the pure emotion on for some of those guys is is just awesome to see um how they kind of uh get, get their moment to thank everyone like Everybody, people were giving Tim Brown a hard time because he went 31 minutes, which I think might be a record for a Hall of Fame induction. He spoke for 31 minutes. You're supposed to get eight, I think, is what they tell him to try and get to. But they know that the actual inductees are going to take however long as they want. And then at one point, he rattled off all the quarterbacks that he like caught touchdown passes from, which he was with the Raiders. So it's a lot of different quarterbacks because they were terrible. The only one I can name is Rich Gannon. Right. Yeah. And so there's a whole bunch there, and. He in that time somebody was like, "Is he reminding us of how good he would have been if he had any good quarterback?" Well, Rich Gannon had a year or two in there, but yeah, Yeah. I understand being with the Raiders. Uh, Now, also going into the hall, besides the uh, the the handful that we mentioned already, were Charles Haley, who I believe is if he's not, it doesn't have the record for most Super Bowl wins. He has to be tied for it, being with the Forty Niners and Cowboys in the in the eighties and nineties. My favorite part from Charles Haley's speech was his story about when he was golfing at Pebble Beach. And he drove his cart up on the green, and they came out, and they were yelling at him, like, hey, you can't drive your, your cart on the green. He's like, look around. It's all green. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he threw in some other choice words there, but um, <laughs> give you the idea. The incredibly talented offensive lineman Will Shields also was inducted, and Bill Polian and Ron Wolf made it in the class of 2015, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, which leads us to today – which is the first official pro football game, NFL game, taking place in Canton, Ohio. The Hall of Fame game is tonight, and it actually (laughs) features a team that we'll be talking about tonight, Um, and I I think the Vikings. The Vikings-Steelers? The Vikings and the Steelers. 
Yeah, no, we're talking we're talking AFC tonight. Right, right. But Viking Steelers. Viking Steelers is right. tonight. So the divisions that we're covering tonight and the next show, which is in two weeks, yeah. are two of the uh, teams playing tonight: Steelers against the Vikings. Uh, so yeah, welcome everyone. To, you're listening to the Joe Mays and J Raff Show on Jiminger Radio. This is episode 182. We're continuing our 2015 NFL preview. And like I just mentioned, we are focusing on the AFC North, so we're going to get to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But before we do that, I do think it's best that we mention this is an interactive show. We love to uh, hear what you have to say about these NFL teams, about you know the topic we're covering, suggest a topic, just leave a comment from last week's show, anything you want to get out there is fine by us. There's multiple ways you can do that, and Justin has that information for you. Yeah, we'd love to have your take on uh, any of the things. I know we're, we're starting to get to some of the divisions that hit uh, hit a little closer to home for uh, some of us and for some of our listeners. So uh, we'd love to have your take or your questions on any of the things that we talk about. Uh, you can use the Mace Sandwich Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also use the Mays Sandwich Shop uh, email inbox. Uh, you can use that at any time. And that is JoeMaysAndJRAF at gmail.com. Again, JoeMaysAndJRAF at gmail.com. We also have a pretty nice social media presence, primarily on Facebook and Twitter. So you can like our fan page, follow us at, on Twitter at JoeMaysAndJRAF. Or if you'd also like to hear all about every show that um, we're doing, you can follow at Jiminger Radio, which is J-M-N-J-R underscore radio. That is on Twitter. Obviously, we have a page for the show on Facebook and for the radio production. So you can pretty much find everything on, if you're friends with us, uh, mine or Justin's page. We got all that information for you. But again, email, Facebook, Twitter, phone call. Uh, we also have um, an ability to leave voicemail. You can find that on our website jomazenjraf.com or jmnjr.com you can just kind of get everything you want can be found on the internet nowadays and that's definitely true for us so before we dive into talking about the afc north um some sad news to pass along uh just a couple hours ago it was announced that uh frank gifford uh had passed away of natural causes i think they said that he was 84 yeah 84 and he was um one of the early day big players i believe for the giants yeah giants quarterback I think he played, yeah, he played, uh, I think they listed him a cornerback and wide receiver. He kind of played all over. Um, yeah, it was a then, different different era. Right, and <laughs> then went on to um, be, for many people, you know, uh, the voice that they associated with uh, Monday Night Football. Um, so, you know, like, uh, there is kind of a divide, you know. Like, a lot of people, I think, I, don't, I can't really speak for you, but I know for myself, I don't really remember Frank Gifford being the prominent um, – you know, announcer that like I I think of I he I think he announced like into like the time that we were watching football, but I think it was so early on that I, I didn't see. really like pay attention. And I honestly don't know if I was watching Monday Night Football by the time he he was done. I that do was not know. Um, actually, a staple in my household was no, okay. watching Monday Night Football. I remember doing it from a very young age, including at um, my my grandparents' farmhouse. We actually went there on Monday evenings for homemade burgers and fries nice. and apple pie pretty much every Monday night and watched the Monday night football game. So I definitely remember Gifford being one of the main voices of Monday night football, obviously not when it was on ESPN. This is back when it was primarily um, on ABC. And on you know broadcast, right, right. not not subscription cable package, um, but I believe it was 
um, Dan Deardorff, Frank Gifford. Yeah. I what I do remember about Frank Gifford was I always got him confused with like Al Michaels, like, right? I because they were like to me, especially at the time, like the older guy who was like the other kind of like a now like I didn't really know like who they were. Um, I just kind of had him like kind of confused a little bit there when when I was younger. Obviously now I now I know the difference, but um. Yeah, sad, uh, you know, with his passing and, um, you know, a lot of, I saw, started kind of exploding all over the place. Um, you know, he, he was in the Hall, of, or he is in the Hall of Fame. Um, so with that uh, weekend, you know, a lot of those guys are kind of collected in one area. And so, you know, I'm sure a lot of stories were being shared uh, this weekend. Right. And, um, you know, there's been a, a lot of people that have been on um, Monday Night Football, but the ones that I remember from a very young age were, Al Michaels, Frank Gifford, and Dan Dan Deardorff. Um, you know, those are the ones that were on from the late '80s and mostly '90s through the late '90s. That's kind of when I remember, right? Like right, growing yeah. up, you know, when I was like eight to twelve, eight to thirteen, yeah. when you know I was finally allowed to stay up to yeah. you know nine o'clock and watch yeah. the first half of the games. Yeah, think about that. The games didn't start till nine o'clock. Nine then. Eastern. Now, I mean, they've. Then they cut it back. Yeah, and people then, got upset right, on the West Coast. And then they started basically working their way back to that. I think the Monday night game now kicks off at like 8.37. 8.37, Even yeah. though they advertise 8.30 kickoff and, you know, they start going to the field at 8. You know, like, so it, they're trying to please everyone there, I think. Right. Most definitely. So, well, we've talked all football so far. We're just going to continue that now, but we're going to get on to our main topic, which is continuing our 2015 NFL preview working on the AFC North. And like you said, this is a division that is a lot more interesting to our listeners as our listeners are very, there's a lot of East Coast bias there because of our hometown location and the teams that we follow. We have listeners in Pennsylvania. So obviously Philadelphia and Pittsburgh definitely need to get attention, but also um, New England. We'll get to them in a couple of weeks, but we do have a contingent that listens from Baltimore. So that's the AFC North is definitely of interest with the Steelers and Ravens residing there. Uh, we also, you have a college roommate, uh, one of your best friends from college, is a Browns fan. Yeah, so a number of Browns fans there. Um, yeah, that, that's tough. <laughs> that, that is tough, you know. Just, you know, our heart aches for you, Joe. We ho- yeah. hope that you're able to uh, come to terms with your fandom. Oh. And uh, hopefully in the next 30-some years of your life, you'll get to see maybe one championship. Uh, maybe that's asking and, too much. And if it's the case, I... I hope it's the Browns. So. <laughs> that would be incredible if it was, but I hope it's the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I was hoping you wouldn't pick up one. <laughs> so, all right. This week, do we want to start at the top and work to the bottom, or do we want to start with the team that we think is going to probably perform the worst and work up? To me, it's tough either way in this one. Well, let me rephrase that. It's not as easy as some of the others, I don't think. But I think I think I know where I'm going. To build it up, I think I'd like to start at the bottom. That's fine. And I'm, I'll I'm go first because I kind of been throwing it your way the last few weeks. So I will go first. It is it is quite difficult. I don't know if this division is. I really don't know if anyone is really good in this division. <sighs> It's, but I don't think I don't anyone's know, terrible right. in this division. That's, that's what I want to say is I don't think anyone's really bad. I think all four have a chance yeah. at the playoffs. Maybe minor and the team that I'm going to pick here at the bottom. But I don't think any of them are bad enough to, to rule it out completely. Right. But I also don't know if any at the top are really going to challenge for an AFC title. So I'll start at the bottom and 
as much as I hate to say it, I just don't see how the worst team is anyone but the Browns. Exactly. What has any team now? What has any team shown you that would show that the Browns are not the worst team? Like that. Like and so the, have the Browns done anything to get significantly better, or have any of the other teams done anything? Because let's think about it. The other three teams were really good. I say really good. Playoffs or playoff contention, you know, right there. So did either, any of those teams have something that happened that you're like, wow, they come, they really fell off? Or did the Browns do something that says, oh, they really got a lot better? I don't know that either of those happened. I'm not saying all those teams that were that were better stayed really good. I don't know that that's the case. And um, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I have to agree with the Browns in last place because – Kind of like the opposite of what we do with some of the, the top teams where we're like, you know, it's them. I'm picking them until someone proves differently. You know, I'm, I'm sticking with this. And we, I, I bring that up because we kind of learned our lesson last year in the, in the NFC North uh, with that. But I, I feel that way with the Browns here. Um, I think they are building. And now that you pull this up, I, I'm kind of surprised that they were 7-9 and nine last year when I think back to it. But then I remember they went on a run uh, where they were they were doing fairly well. Um, it's just I when I if I have to pick a team that I think is most likely to finish fourth, I'm picking the Browns. Absolutely, and yeah, that's that's exactly how I went. They were seven and nine last year. I think that would be their absolute. Well, I shouldn't say absolute ceiling. If they think they can challenge for a wild card spot, they've obviously got to be able to probably get to nine or ten wins. Oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe who's, I don't see the Browns getting to the playoffs. Who's going to be the quarterback? Right, it, it, exactly, and that's what it boils down to. You can build up the defense as much as you want. You can try to throw young playmakers out there, build up the line, whatever. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a quarterback, and your best wide receiver is out. Like forever. where do they go? Like <laughs> they're just they're Cleveland. It's right. just it's unfortunate that the team is not well run that they can't seem to keep the guys that are good for whatever reason, be it on or off the field, injuries or extracurricular activities. <laughs> you know, hopefully the front office is starting to turn it around, but, you know, ownership's always in question. There's legal and issues there. I thought this happened, but I wasn't 100% sure when I thought back to it. But, yeah, this team sent three team. this division sent three teams to yep. the playoffs last year. They did. So when you look at that, you're talking about three playoff teams – and a team that was seven and nine. So this was a really strong division last year. Last place was seven and nine, and the other three teams made made the playoffs. Now, when when you look at it a little more closely, like I don't, I don't. It's hard to predict three teams coming from a, a three playoff teams coming from one division. But I'm not necessarily sure all three make it again. You know, that's not really going out on a limb. But like, I still don't know that the Browns get back to seven wins. Like, yeah. I, I just don't know if they can score enough points to get to. They scored, uh, like, under 300 points last year. You know, in 16 right, games. Exactly. That was going to be my main point is they only they didn't even score 300 points in 16 games last year. So, Browns, I think their ceiling is 7-9. and nine. I would be actually, now that we've talked it through, I would be shocked if they got the seven wins. Right. I think they're worse than that. I think I want them to be better. Oh, I and, absolutely But when I actually look at it, better. when I look at it, I'm like, I'm yeah, I they might be at five wins again and picking again and trying to pick another first round quarterback and you know, Hack, screwing it up. I hope not for his sake. 
So although I, if he went there and led them to be great, that'd be great. That'd be yeah, incredible. That'd be yeah, that'd be great. Uh, so yeah, I definitely am going. We're both in agreement. Browns in fourth place. I know we're not going to be in agreement from here on out though. Oh uh, yeah. So I went first at the bottom. So why don't you go first with uh, the third place the third team spot? <sighs> I'm gonna go with the Ravens in third spot. <laughs> All right. Okay. And I was wavering until I said it. I was wavering until I said like it. Like last week with the, with the Falcons yeah, and Saints yeah, and Panthers. Yeah. All... No, not not that I had the Ravens wing, but like I was wavering back and forth with second place with them. Um, th- now I said before, you know, what did any of the teams that made the playoffs? What did they do? You know, to get significantly worse. Well, the Ravens lost some key pieces. Um, I say some key, like they already have some injuries in their secondary yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, this year they're not getting anything on Matt Elam, right? That's exactly, right. So, just I think they have the most question marks. They lost Tory Smith, right? Yeah. So they lost. Is Justin Forsett a long term answer were, at running were, back? I say depleted weapons. They scored four hundred nine points last year, so like they were scoring. Oh, absolutely, but yeah. At the same time, they lost some of those weapons. Still unsettled. Well. N- at running back, I don't know. They they drafted a running back. I forget who it was. Um, but when I look at just the other th- the remaining three teams, if I have to pick a team to finish third, I think it's going to be Baltimore. Now I put them probably at eight or nine wins, so they're not far off the pace that they were at last year. So they, could they be in uh, contention? Um, that's not who I thought. So. It was Buck Allen from USC. They yeah. also added Bashad Perriman and Max Williams. So they have some young guys on offense, but that's I knew they picked an offense. It was th- these players so. are kind of high risk, high reward. So yeah. until it works out, it's hard to say for right. certain. Like, like Perryman's known as making that amazing catch, but dropping the, the easy, easy one. one. Right, and that's going to drive that drives college football fans nuts. That's going to drive Baltimore fans insane. Oh, insane. Um, and it, as it would any NFL team, but like yeah, I think the Ravens. They won ten games last year. I think. That would be a good goal for them to get back there. Now, they were depleted last year on defense as well, so maybe they have some depth there. That's you know a little. I'm well, they have Elvis a Dur- more Dumerville. They right. have C.J. Mosley, who was had a phenomenal rookie right. year last year. So there's not they're not devoid of talent. No, I just no. There's nothing that stands out to me about them. And they, and they were they they barely made the playoffs. They were the sixth seed. They were the last wild card at, at ten and six. You know, you flip one win somewhere and they don't make the playoffs. Uh, Texans, Chiefs, Chargers, Bills, and until the very end, the right. Dolphins. All those teams were within one, one right. or two and games. And they had a c- bunch of close games last year right. as well. So you take away some of that talent, you add in some question marks. I just think Baltimore's a little bit worse. I'd probably peg them. If I'm saying Cleveland's 5-7, to seven, I'd say Baltimore's 7-9. to nine. Yeah, I'm going to put them at 8 or 9, but I could see them there. Like, it, But, you know, it, it's funny because we talk about some of the other teams in this division as consistent. Well, the Browns on the negative end, the Steelers on the positive end. But in reality, the Ravens have been, once they got the ball rolling there, it's amazing how consistent they have been um, over the last maybe like seven, eight years. And and you probably can take that back longer. It just it seems like they are uh, in contention every every play. Every I, I'm year. really, so really, su- that. really, really surprised that we – I thought for sure you were going to stick with the Ravens. Now, I know your mom's not listening live tonight, so you're kind of a little bit shielded from the backlash. Um, But I was actually going to lead into this because I thought for sure you were picking the Ravens at least second. Well, I was worried about that when when you said, 
I'm pretty sure we're not going to be the same. I was like, crap. He, I think I know at least that you thought that wasn't going to be the Ravens for me. Who do you have in third? Well, well, I have I the Ravens. I, know. Yeah, I have yeah, the yeah. Ravens. I, there was no way I thought you were picking them there. I was actually going to frame this as you're known as the Patriots hater. I was waiting for your mom to call me a Ravens hater because mm-hmm. I'm always down on the Ravens. I'm always ripping off Flacco. I'm just I'm not a Ravens fan. You know my feelings towards Ray Lewis. And uh, the whole issue with how the Ravens uh, destroy Kerry Collins and the Giants in, in the Thomas. Super Bowl. <laughs> and, um, you know, with the love that Trent Dilfer gets for leading that team to He's the title and whatnot. So, you know, I have issues with the Ravens. But I, I try, and I say this every time we talk about a team that I don't like, I try to take remove that from my thought process. Oh, I know. I know you don't. <laughs> but I try to. And I, I really think that. This is I don't no think place I'm being for rational analysis. I don't think I'm being unfair to the Ravens. I really think that no, they're going to take a I, I slight step that. back. And I, like I said, I think they're a seven and nine win team. It doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs. Right. It doesn't mean that's what they're going to win. Because they, they could win three games or they could win thirteen games. And, I just think and if I I'm think betting, I'm saying seven and right. nine. And they've proven, at least to me, that if they do make the playoffs, regardless of how things turn out here. Now, we'll get to some of this later on, but. They they are always a scary matchup in the playoffs when they make it. No oh, yeah, one wants to play want them. To play no them. one wants to play them. So, you know, if they can if they can get into the playoffs, you know, who knows what'll happen. However, I just I think they're at best as good as they were last year. That, that's kind of that's kind of where I have them. Now, I'm going to go here with who I have in second place. And now as I'm about to say this, I'm thinking Oh man, this isn't good. I have the standings the same as they were last year. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I I can't say without looking at it. I always remember how the teams finish. But going in, this is exactly how I thought no, they were going to yeah. finish: Browns in last, Ravens in third, Bengals in second. And I'll just say it because there's only one team right. left. I have the Steelers winning the division for the second straight year. I'll start with the Bengals since we're working our way up. I have them in second. I. I think Andy Dalton is similar to Trent Dilfer. I don't think he's good enough to get the job done on his own in terms of winning the Super Bowl. But if you surround him with great special teams and a great defense, I think the team has the talent to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, I don't. I'm not going to say I have that happening. I have them finishing second and being one of the wild card teams, just like last year where they were the five seed. You know, they went ten five and one. Stupid ties in the NFL for real. NFL, get rid of that. Ask Donovan McNabb how that turns out. I was going to say something, but I better not. <laughs> so, the Bengals are I have in second place in the AFC North. I think they'll be similar to what they were last year. I, I don't see them winning less than nine or less. I, I see them at ten, maybe eleven on a on a if things really work out. I think they have enough talent around Andy Dalton that they can make up for the issues that he presents at times. I. I don't think they lost too much in the offseason or something that they can't overcome. You know, they added a couple of players that I do really like in the draft. Um, Cedric Ogbui from Texas A&M is injured and probably not going to play this year. But they also brought in Jake Fisher, who was at times thought of as a possible first round um, pick. He went in the, the middle end of the second round from Oregon. So they addressed some deficiencies along the offensive line. They also brought in an underrated player in Paul Dawson, a linebacker from TCU that I really liked. So I think they have definitely have a potential uh, to be a pretty strong team this season. And, and the backfield, it's hard to really top. It's not flashy, but Jeremy Hill to Giovanni Bernard to Rex Burkhead, 
That's that's a decent uh, three-man rotation. Obviously, A.J. Green's one of the best in the game. And when Marvin Jones, um, Greg Little, um, Denarius Moore, Mohamed Sanu. Sanu, and Brandon Tate, I mean, now some of those guys are more return guys. But yeah. still, you have the potential in special teams. You have potential at running back wide receiver. Uh, you definitely have the talent at tight end with yeah. um, Tyler Eifert there. Uh, he's a great guy. Hopefully, um, you know, everything's good for him on the <laughs> – in terms of his elbow, I yeah. think that injury was last year, so that's that was uh, debilitating. But they also have a, a ton of talent on defense, and you know it's it's the coach's job to get that talent out. And the linebackers are perfect. Um, they added AJ Hawk, they have Ray Maualuga, and now they added Paul Dawson. Um, as long as they start to get production out of their first round pick from a year ago, Jaquez Denard, pairing him with Leon Hall and Brandon Gee in the secondary, you still have Adam Pacman Jones there on special right. teams too. So there's a ton. A ton of talent there. I think if the coaching staff does their job and Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback, I think this is a 10-11 to 11 win team and I have them second place in the North. Yeah, and I, I really want them – I really want to pick them to win it. Um, I, I think – I was kind of in, in the boat of uh, giving – um, Andy Dalton, the benefit of the doubt early on. I felt like they didn't have enough around him to really expect this for him to to carry it and do all the things that they needed to do. As I kind of look at it, you know, I think that kind of puts that kind of labels him in a way I wasn't expecting it to. You know, I wasn't trying to label him when I was thinking that way. I was kind of trying to think, well, he needs help. But I think the fact that I'm like, oh, he needs help kind of is is telling me the message I was trying to avoid all along. Right. Now, I think he's better than some people will still give him credit for. I think there are some people who would argue they are not going to win a playoff game. Like, he can't win a playoff game, blah blah blah. I think that's garbage. He was with he was without AJ Green in his playoff game last year. You know, like if you go without AJ Green, if you take the number 1 receiver off of many of the teams in the playoffs, they're going to struggle. And it was a bad matchup. They were basically playing wide receiver, or sorry, running backs at wide receiver last year in their playoff game. It, it just it wasn't working out very well. Um, I again, I think they've got the potential to win eleven games, um, but I'm still slotting them in the second spot as well um, because I just think that we can't. While the defense is really good, I still. Here, I want to see the offense prove to me that there's any kind of consistency there. Um, they've got the weapons now, at least enough weapons, where they should be able to be solid. They're they're a great offense built for the AFC North, where they're going to play a lot. Of, they're going to play games in Cincinnati, Cleveland, and in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, I think they're built great for those type of games, especially in November and December. You know, great defense and you know big strong guys on offense. However, that kind of leads me to the number one team again, the Steelers. I think the Steelers, I almost didn't put them at the one because I still feel like there's a lot of questions on, on their defensive side. Yeah. Which However, because, and this is crazy to think about getting rid of Dick LeBeau helping you. It's not so much getting rid of Dick LeBeau that I think is going to help them. It's bringing in the it's fresh perspective. bringing in the new perspective. For years, everyone thought, while Dick LeBeau's tough to figure out, there are going to be patterns just within the chaos. You know what I, you know what I'm trying to say? Like knowing what you don't know, basically against Dick LeBeau was was helpful to teams, and they just started just destroying. Like their defense has been awful. 
Um, and th- I mean, they've had their moments, but nothing like what Steelers football is or is expected to be. I think their offense is going to be really good. Yeah. And I think a really good offense with a slightly improved defense is going to be enough to get 11 or 12 wins and win the division for the second straight year. I really think the only thing that will derail the Steelers from winning back-to-back division titles is an injury to Ben Roethlisberger. And we've seen him be pretty resilient to injury, at least something that's going to knock him out for the long term, other than I think when he had what was it, an emergency appendectomy right before the 06 season, which supposed to benefit me watching the Dolphins play the Steelers. Then Charlie Batch decided to take a poop on my Dolphins. Another Pittsburgh in, in guy. Thursday like, night literally a Pittsburgh game. guy. Um, but, yeah, if Roethlisberger stays healthy, I think that they ha- – and they can survive the two games without Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but because of the offensive talent they have, I'm not sure they're going to miss him too much. Right. Um, you know, they had they signed D'Angelo Williams, so he'll, he'll shoulder the load for two games. They also have Dry Archer, who is a, a nice uh, kind of um, a poor man's um, – Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles. Uh, wide receiver, you have Antonio Brown, who I doubt he'll be able to duplicate what he did last year, but he – Burst onto the scene. I expect the younger guys to step it up and be better. Um, right. Martavius Bryant and oh, who, oh Marcus Wheaton. Um, Marcus Wheaton is a guy that I've been waiting for to yeah. bust out. Maybe this is his year. Martavius Bryant, although he just did go down with an injury, it's a short-term thing. He should be back for the start of the season. He looked incredible at times last yeah. year. And they added Sammy, Sammy Coates um, in addition to also having Darius Hayward Bay. So they have the size, they have the speed, they have the hands, they have everything covered there. They still have Heat Miller and Matt Spath. They also added our boy Jesse James, who yeah. has looked good in camp, I hear. I think so he's going to be. things are looking up for him. Yeah. They have uh, so an interesting group of veterans on the offensive line. Uh, we haven't seen the max potential <laughs> from David DeCastro, uh, but Marcus Pouncey, uh, year in, year out, is always one of the, the better centers. Um they're still trying to find what works in a guard or the opposite guard next to DeCastro. They have Ramon Foster there now. Um, and tackle is always, you know, kind of a, a swinging right. do- door from them. That's been well, their issue. But if can they can Pouncey keep stay Roth- healthy, you know, like- can they keep Roethlisberger healthy? This offense should be one of the best in the league, just like it was last year. And you mentioned it when we started talking to the Steelers. It actually comes down to the defense, which is crazy to think. You're talking about the Steelers, the Steelers. The curtain. question mark being the on defense. The question mark is on defense. But, but in reality, it's been like that the last couple of it years. It really has. Now, I think they have the linemen. You know, Cameron Hayward, right. um, Joe Kruger. They got some big bodies in uh, Daniel McCullers and Steve McClendon. Um, they have uh, Cam Thomas and Stephon Tuitt, who is a, should be a big guy in his second year. But where, where they're kind of still trying to find young talent at least to explode on the scenes is that linebacker which is right. crazy to think now they added bud dupree in the draft this yep. year but you're kind of waiting this is a put up or shut up year for jarvis jones who i raved about two years yeah. ago he hasn't been able to do much ryan, sean spence been injured most of his career ryan in, chazier inside lawrence timmons you know doing his thing but ryan chazier missed a ton of time last year that he was their first round pick last year right he didn't do too so, much because right. of injury and so basically you need to see something out of ryan chazier Again, because he missed a bunch last year. And Jarvis Jones, who I think was the number one the year before, or two years before, I don't really remember. But you have, like, two first-round talent in linebackers. They're just in those two. I'm not even looking at the others. And they could have, they may have missed on both. Dupree, like, Jones, Shazier, and Timmons were all first-round picks. Now, right. Timmons was a while ago. Both of them, like, a bunch of them have shown the ability – like flashes of being amazing. And if they can kind of get that working together in some dynamic, look out. 
because yeah. oh, a definitely. good linebacking core is always interesting because it helps your front guys and it helps your back guys, you know? Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see there. And also just not knowing what to expect from the Steelers defense. At least I say that I, I know other people is, you know, they're not going to pull, you know, a neat new defensive coordinator out of like high school and they don't know right. where, what this guy's going to do, but you know, at least there's going to be some degree of newness there. And so I think that's going to help them. I think, I think Dick LeBeau, I, I forget where he moved on to, but I think it's going to be good for him. I think it's good for the Steelers. Time just for a fresh take there. The secondary is where there's a lot of question marks, but I don't know if it's good or bad because they lost Ryan Clark, Troy Palomario, and I Taylor. But at their stage of their careers or even talent overall, I don't know if that's losing too much. Now, Troy Palomario, when he was healthy and yeah. when he was younger, he was one of the best ever for a short period of time. Um, you know, obviously five right. years from now, we'll be debating does he deserve to be in the hall. But, you know, at the end of his career, he missed more time than he was playing. And he, when he was playing, it wasn't great. Um, you know, Ryan Clark was always serviceable. I'd say he's outstanding there. since before their last Super Bowl appearance. Probably, probably he, right. He, like, was that 2010? Yeah, something like that. Now, it, Ike Taylor is one that we always, and I don't show, know if we voice it much on this show, but he's always one that we were like, how is he always I don't considered know, good? I don't know how anyone has ever had him. And people are like, he's the number one corner. For for a terrible secondary, yeah, he is, and that's the problem. Year after year, Ike Taylor was the number one corner on this team, and they've had a terrible pass defense every one of those years. Oh, my gosh, he's been bad. Now, they were at, able to add our boy Brandon Boykin from the Eagles in a, Man, a yeah. trade recently. I hate to see him go. I think they said he's been getting some work outside, so he's finally going to get his shot. Um, I hate to say it. like, <laughs> kind of hope it doesn't work out. I mean, <laughs> I... At more as the Eagles fan. Like, I'd hate to see right. them let him go and be like, yeah, look, he was able to play outside. Now, to be fair, if the Eagles have guys who are playing outside and it works out, okay. They got a pick for a guy who they weren't going to play over yeah. the guys they had. No big deal. But, you know, he's going to get a shot, which I – that's what I was more frustrated. I felt like he never got a fair shot at the outside guy. Now, that's from seeing the games on the weekday. You know, that's – I've never seen an Eagles practice – you know what I mean? So, like, I don't know, you know, what the coaches saw and things like that. Um, I I hope he does get his chance in Pittsburgh. As the Eagles fan, I hope it doesn't necessarily work out. Although, I hope he does play – I hope they play a lot of nickel defense and he's, you know, the nickel cornerback right, yeah. again. Because he excels there. I, I believe that fifth-round pick goes up to a fourth-round pick if he plays a certain number sure, of Sure, that helps the Eagles. Year. Now, the one thing that I think we should mention before we sign off here, wrap up the AFC North, is the Steelers have a tough schedule. Not only yeah. do they have to play their own division, which means two against the Ravens, two against the, the Bengals, and two against the Browns, but they play both West divisions, which means you got to right. face the Seahawks, um, the Rams and Cardinals, who we expect to not be pushovers, the 49ers, not looking too good for them. But then you also got to face another division, which got three talented teams in the Broncos, right. Chiefs, and Chargers, and then the Raiders. Well, and look at some of the, the oddball ones that they have. They have the Patriots that they have to in play. In New England, opening night, September 10th. Right. And they have to play the Colts. So they have to play those two teams on top of those those tough divisions. They have, they have to a play. late bye. Their bye is the weekend before Thanksgiving. So you then, hope 
you hope you're healthy because then that can be kind of rejuvenating. Sometimes if you get nicked up a little early, you want the early buy can be a long stretch down the, you know. Now they don't travel for a month. They play at Kansas city, October 25th. Then they don't play again until November away until November 29th, but that's at Seattle. Right. So it's a long way. And that's the start of their final six games. Four of their final six are on the road. And these are the teams they're playing at Seattle host Indianapolis at Cincinnati, host Denver, at Baltimore, at Cleveland. Yeah. That is brutal. Away three out of the last four weeks, four out of the last six. And um, five of those six, I think, have potential to be playoff yeah. teams, if not some of the better ones to challenge for the Super Bowl. Right, yeah, I would agree. So we'll know who the Steelers are. You know, I'm mean, hopefully we'll know by week 12 before the game against the Seahawks. You know, if they're um, you know, what seven and three entering those say, last six, they want to they want to be sitting at eight wins going you, into you, the bye. You want eight wins because then if you only win two of those final six, you're probably safe. Probably right. not necessarily, but probably they they pretty much have to be eight and two entering that stretch. Which means they need to win all their home games and two of their away games before the bye. That's just speaking in the games before so the bye. So they'd have to be, beat the Chiefs, Chargers, Rams, or Patriots. Right. I mean, that's not. this is not an easy schedule. This no. is a tough schedule. No, yeah. So they're going to have to prove it. Um, I think their offense is going to be good enough. I don't know about the defense. But I think we're going to see a slight improvement. However, the defense has been sketchy enough that I don't know it's going to be enough. I, I don't know. But I, I when I was looking at it, I'm going to – this is a little bit of a shift, maybe, but I'm going to go with the Steelers' known on offense as opposed to Cincinnati's known, which is their defense. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Yep, and that's what I did, too. Um, they won 11 games in the regular season last year. I think I'll put them at 11, squeaking by the Bengals for the division. I was going to say I think they're talented enough to maybe get to 12. Yeah, I, but I think man, that schedule. But yeah, oh, you know, that was pre-looking at the schedule. Looking at the schedule, it's going to be tough to get to 12. So, okay, um, you know, just like that, right on cue, the Pittsburgh Steelers tweeted out, uh, when you realize there's less than an hour to kick off, here we go, and it's a nice little gif of, uh, of a guy freaking out. Yeah. So, And that's exactly how we feel, because like we said at the start of the show, pro football is back yes. now. <laughs> less than an hour, 8 o'clock on NBC, Sunday Night Football returns, Hooray. and uh, you will have football Basically every weekend until February 7th. Every weekend? If you count the Pro Bowl, every right, weekend right. until February 7th. Every weekend until Valentine's Day, there's football now. So Absolutely. Enjoy. Amazing. Enjoy. Absolutely amazing. So um, that pretty much wraps it up uh, here for this week on uh, episode 182. Um, I know you have a shout out before we sign off here. Yeah, my wife's birthday is tomorrow, actually. Yeah, so. so happy birthday to Jamie. Anything else to add? Uh, no. <laughs> I think I will mention again that um, I think I said this before, but Justin and I are actually going to be starting a second show. It's I think actually we alluded bringing, to it. I don't. We know alluded that we to it. I'm not sure we mentioned it, but we're going to be basically bringing back or rebooting what was known as the Bulldog Hour that was hosted by um, former Wilson football head coach Jim Cantafio for about. Um, 10 years or so. I don't know if he did it every year or not, but it was um, late 90s through mid-2000s while he was the coach at Wilson. You know, it just kind of gave you an inside look at the Wilson football program. Justin and I have um, 
we're you know we're way into the part where we're um, ready to start recording for our first show. It's not going to be live off the bat. We're going to get a pilot episode up. It is going to be an hour long, and it's going to be even more uh, in-depth than what we do now. We're going to have interviews with the coaching staff and some of the premier senior players. We're going to have highlights. We're going to do game recaps and previews. We're hopeful to talk to some of the local media players, You know, Jeff Reiner from Penn Live, Mike Drago from the Reading Eagle, maybe talk to the guys from 69 News as well, uh, Dan Mascaratolo and the like up there in uh, the Lehigh Valley. But, you know, it's it's an interesting prospect. We're working things through now, and uh, we're hoping to debut the first episode uh, actually three weeks from tonight on uh, Sunday, August 30th. Hopefully we'll be able to publish the final version of the first episode onto YouTube, and uh, hopefully from there it... Uh, it snowballs and uh, we can continue to do it but there'll be more information about the the second show from joe from justin and i uh in just a couple weeks so keep looking for that yes absolutely do and we'd love to hear uh feedback on this show and any other show that we end up doing and there's multiple ways that you can contact us you can go to joemazingjraf.com to to get all your fill of the uh the radio show and the new show is is can be found at bulldoghour.com but I think that's it for tonight. Thanks for joining us. That wraps up the 182nd episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. We hope you tune in every Sunday evening at 6.30 for our take on sports. Until next time, I'm J-Raff. And I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. Don't forget, you can download each episode of the show from the podcast section of the iTunes Store. We'll see you next time, and thanks again for listening.